Welcome to a new episode of the Creative Industry Insight Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby. For the fourth course of our Chaos Menu covering FX is the Bear, we have the main course, costume designer, Courtney Wheeler, who joins us to talk about their work designing on the show. Please be warned, there are heavy spoilers in this episode. So let's let it rip with Courtney. Hi, Courtney. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Sorry, I'm so awkward. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think it's because we've because we started talking to each other beforehand. So it's like welcoming you again, even though we've had like a fully blown conversation off camera. It kind of I, I totally get it as well. Don't worry. I always feel a bit awkward saying hi again, even though we've spoken <laughs> no, I'm for the ready. past like 20 I minutes. <laughs> I can do this. All right. Let's <laughs> We're we're here. Uh, no, we're we're ready. We're here to talk about FX is the Bear, uh, which has had its second series run and it's been nominated for a number of Emmys and the whole there's so much talk about it online and I've just seen so many memes, so many like positive words about it. But as a creator and someone who works so closely with the show, how have you found the reaction to it all? I mean, I've been kind of blown away from the very beginning about how well received it's been. I mean, working on it, we knew that it was special and we really loved working on it, even like from the pilot, but it was an FX show and it's such a specific world. So we're like, oh yeah, people in the industry will definitely dig it and it'll definitely have an audience, but I don't think any of us could have guessed how big it would become and it's been really cool to see people's reactions whether it's from people in the restaurant industry that's like you know what I can't watch this show because it (laughs) it triggers me or they're just like I love this show because it's so relatable and that everyone could find something in it that they really are responding to so well so it's, it's really cool and I had also had no idea costume wise people would respond to it the way they did because usually shows like ours don't Usually it would be like a more costume forward show, like Emily in Paris or Sex and City, um, even Euphoria. But because it's not, it, it did take us a little aback that, oh, wow, people are really digging this. I mean, I love it. It's, I work my butt off as does the rest of my team. So it's really cool for us to, to get such great feedback. I think as well, like, because you mentioned stuff like Emily in Paris, where, or Sex and City, where, you do have show. there are shows where it's very costume orientated just because you know Carrie is like a is into her fashion and whatnot and as like a viewer you'll be quite struck by what people are wearing and you know there's always certain things that will be associated with their characters but I think with something like The Bear which is like another contemporary show where it's like what you don't realize is like the little detail that you'll pepper in for each character and what it means for them I know we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but it's stuff like like Marcus's hats, for example, is one that comes to mind. But it's also like the it's also like being located in somewhere like Chicago, where you also need to incorporate the culture of that. So like the Chicago Bulls, for for example, having you know Michael Jordan maybe being involved somehow as well with the Jordan brand because it's something that you want to associate with that city. But I think as well like with people connecting to it as well like. I think when I look at the 
chef's whites, for example, as well, that uh, the characters are wearing. For me, that's like, and I know it's like their uniform, but it makes, reminds me a little bit of like military, of how they always need to keep it clean and how it has to be pristine and look amazing for them to wear. Oh, yes, totally. Yeah, definitely. And I think within the, within the uniform, at first, when we first when we first did the pilot, it was me. Um, I was the assistant costume designer at the time, and Christina Spiridakis was the costume designer. And going into it when we're doing these uniforms, it was actually more fun than I think people would assume, especially the first season where it's so it's a lot of chef whites, a lot of the same thing, because you can really find a character in that, especially since you're allowed to play a little bit in those situations where chefs find their personality, whether it's through how they roll a sleeve, through their choice of headwear or shoes or socks or something, you know, there's a sense of them, their identity coming out a bit. And especially with someone like Sid, who wears, you know, her different color stars and she's asserting her viewpoint in the kitchen while still staying in the realm of, yeah, I'm presenting myself well. I always, I will always look clean. I will always look put together, but this is who I am. And I'm bringing a part of who I am into the kitchen, especially given, you know, she's, she's black, she's a woman. A lot of times that she's not, her voice can get lost in the kitchen. She goes, nope, this is who I am. I have ideas. I have viewpoint and play with that, with Carmi and his uniform, like white t-shirt, black pants, like that's it. But he, it's quality. He knows what he likes. He knows what he's looking for. He's paying attention to the cut. And I think as you see everyone, especially as we go in to the second season, you can see people bring their personality to the uniforms, which I really love. Yes, and I think when when you get to that second series with like Richie, for example, moving from that really casual to then being like, all I wear is suits now, and it's like, but he wears like really cool suits that is like all black and just sort of really, he like he means business uh, effectively. And whilst you meant as well with Carmi being like a creature of habit, is that having that same or the same sort of look, but knowing what in in the detail of like what. He, what is good quality clothing and what's not. But I think well, I do have a question about Kami and his outfits because there's something that really sort of bugged me when I first watched the series, but we'll mm-hmm. go to that shortly. But before we get to that, how did the project come about for you? Like I said, um, I came on board as the assistant costume designer to Christina Spiridakis, who's been my creative partner for like, this was our seventh project together. And we... Ended up doing the pilot. Um, we shot it in the middle of the summertime in Chicago. Afterwards, we took a project in New Orleans to do the Queer as Folk reboot. While we were there, we thought for sure, we're like, oh, we have time. If the bear gets picked up, they'll for sure start it next summer. Who's going to shoot in the dead of winter in Chicago? No one. Surely, <laughs> sure enough, we're two episodes into Queer as Folk. Christina gets a phone call. They're going to start in February <laughs> on the bear. We're like, okay. So um, I, we made the decision that I would come. We didn't want to give the show away to another designer. Christina asked me if I wanted to do it, that she could do the back two episodes, schedule allowing. 
but um, schedule did not allow. <laughs> and I ended up staying on for the rest of the season, but it was great. We already, I had already had a relationship with Chris and Joanna and the producers and the actors. So it was really an easy transition for me. Christina was completely supportive. And yeah, so that's how I got it. And from then on, I just hit the ground running. Uh, I can tell you now that the shooting a show in Chicago in the dead of winter is not fun. I was there once in a in January time. Oh my gosh, it is. I, I've never <laughs> experienced cold in my life like that. And I had like gloves, the big jacket, the thermals, the boots, the everything. And I was still just like, well, no, no, never again. So fair, fair enough for you guys to be shooting a show there. I was just visiting to do something out there. But then also it's quite funny, like hearing these stories where these, like these sort of things happen in terms of like just how things align. And then for you to be able to step up to a costume designer as well. And then sort of like, I guess, like flying the nest in a way and being able to become a costume designer yourself and step up and be ready to take on a show like this. And Christina has always been supportive and has always been like, Courtney, you know, if you (laughs) you can I'll leave you with it. Like if you want to do your own thing. But I we love working with each other so much and still do. We're still like, who would have like both of us? But we we absolutely get a kick out of working with each other so it was definitely a change to find um other acds basically to um work with i I lucked out with lariana santiago who's my acd and christina's is rachel gilfoy for queer as folk and it was just it ended up being a great experience we had interviewed lariana together because we we basically work in a tandem. And so it was, as soon as we met her, we're like, oh, this girl gets us, she gets our process. Um, speaking for me and Christina, but also speaking for myself, we were like, hey, like we love smaller brands. We love working with local brands, um, small businesses, thrift shopping, vintage shopping. Are you down with that? <laughs> and she was, and yeah, it's been, it's been a great experience for me um, for this to be my first major job. I've done shorts before. I actually met Io years ago on a short film we both did where I was designing it. So it was very funny to see her now as Sydney and like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> we both uh, come a long way. It's like a sort of like, a, I guess, one of those sort of moments as well where it's like, hey, look, we were there. Look at us now, huh? You know, who would have thought? It's like that full rudd yeah. meme. Like Who the first thought? Nice yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but then also what a crazy year Io's had in terms of like projects coming out and still coming out. Cause I know there's some that hasn't come out in the UK yet. So it's like wow. Um, the hardest working woman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I just like I think it's like every other month you see her in something new coming out and you think like when when do you even sleep? Like, ha- do you I even have a chance she... to sort of rest or relax or whatever? I don't know. No, I think maybe she just goes into a Stacy's on the plane or something. But she just keeps she just keeps turning them out. Well, I guess everyone gets a little rest now <laughs> that we're on strike. But... Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> hey, if she if she's in something, I'll be there. So there's that. But I know I alluded to this earlier, but there was something that like happens in the 
pilot and then in the second series as well, we see Kami uh, pull out uh, denim from his oven. Now, this is something that's really bugged me for the past sort of year or so once I saw it because I always, because I'm not really a fashionista, I'm not really into my clothes. I, I, I like what I like and then sort of just try not to pick something that I'm going to get, you know, taking the mickey out of for for wearing it in front of my friends or my future wife. So it's a bit like getting that balance right. But when I saw the pilot, I saw that he was taking denim out of uh, the oven. What's, what's the idea and story behind that? Because I, as I said, it's bugged me. And I, I kind of want to know why he's kept it there. But what is also the significance of it all? Well, in terms of storage of why he started there in particular that would be a Chris Dorr question but I'm just assuming because closet space in apartments isn't <laughs> what it's cracked up to be and <laughs> it's just someplace clean and dry just put it put it in the put it in the oven it's extra you know it's extra storage in terms of denim itself Carmi is just he's a collector like I was saying before, I think he has a very particular point of view in what he looks for in his clothing. I think he really loves the qual, how you can take something as simple as denim, but there's so much more to it in terms of quality and cut and history. With denim, there's so much history in terms of how it's made, how it's created. And I think he has such a pre- appreciation for that value. And I think it he brings that into how he dresses as well, where it is classic and it is a uniform, but he does care about how it's made from his t-shirts being like MERS and Whitesville and his jeans, whether it's vintage or whether it's workwear. I think that all in all, I think he's just someone that cares about quality and heritage and cut so that's why he collects denim but um also just in terms of storage I think it's like what he's like you know let's just keep it there this is the best place for them they're safe there um and uh so yeah okay because I was always like I just don't know why it's just really it's, it's really weird because it's like it bugged me for ages and I was like oh why there why that then it'll make sense that if he has those storage place if he keeps it there you know, there's a reason why he's looking after it and making sure that it's all okay. Yeah. But when when it comes to a contemporary show where people's costumes aren't necessarily like the flashy thing, I think the the most flashy thing about the show is like the editing, the way it's like the way the show is made, the cooking, and also like the sound and how you as an audience member are drawn in. But the important thing is as well, like you need to know how the characters are going to be dressed. Now, when you guys started the pilot to going over the first season and then the second season, how did you go about creating looks for each character? Is there something specific written about them? Or is it something that you have a lot more creative freedom or is a discussion with the actors about what they see their character as? A little bit of everything. I will say that from the pilot, you have... From the pilot, you had a little bit of a sense of who they were. You, and I basically took that starting place and expanded on it throughout the, throughout the season and into season two. Um, it's also a conversation with the actors, reading the scripts, who these people are. I'm 
this is a very much collaborative show. I'm a collaborative designer. I love talking to the actors. You have to know, you have to get a sense of who the character is. And that is a conversation with the actors, with how you're reading the script, the director with, um, with Chris and Joanna. And I think it really comes together because the, you know, the first thing we do, you know, we hit the shops and we'll have those fittings and we'll have those ideas. And sometimes it's a conversation before the fitting, especially for this second season, I reached out to the actors and sometimes like Eben had emailed me before and was like, for the inspiration for for Richie's suit, he's like, Starface. And he was really into like how Al Pacino was dressing. Actually, excuse me, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> Not Scarface, Heat. <laughs> and how Al Pacino was dressing in that movie. And it's like, oh yeah, Richie, of course, that would be who he would look to. Like that would be his epitome of cool and his armor and taking that, suit and making it his armor and making him feel good about himself and that confidence is so important and made so much sense for Richie and it's the same you know it's the same it's different conversations with all of them that can that can go like that I think it's like when it comes to as well like when it comes to something like contemporary where you see a character sort of evolve in the show over time especially somebody like Richie who uh, personally, he's my favorite character in the show, and what Evan brings to him, there's just so much more of like a, I, I don't know, there's just something that that's about where you just like you just root for him, even though he's something like he's not like the he, he, in the second series you find him in like at a bit of a low point, and then when it gets to his episode where he really sort of steps up and picks up, and then you see that change completely, not just in his attitude, but like what he's reading. You know, the fact that he's seeing Taylor Swift after saying you hated Taylor Swift. And then as you say, mentioning as well, like the changing the suit and then mentioning that, like designing it with like from Al Pacino and Heat, which whilst you were talking, I did a quick Google Google look of it because I wanted to see it like, is that right? Is that really what he's like? And it's like, you're right. It's like those darker sort of suits, those sort of basically like looking really slick and cool. And like also it's Al Pacino, like, that guy is, you know, back in the, yeah. that guy is really cool. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, sort of styling on that. Like, I, I'm always sort of fascinated as well. Like, this may, this will probably be a question for Evan, but just like how uh, an actor gets to that sort of point of being like, I wonder if there were moments where he just saw it and thought, do you know what? That looked really cool for my character. Maybe if we incorporate this. But I think as well, like, as a costume designer, being so open with the actors and talking to them about like, what, what do you think would be perfect for your character and what could we add to it and whatnot? Yeah, we definitely talk about where they're going and Evan is very cerebral and thoughtful about his character and he loves Richie. He loves playing Richie and he's he doesn't want... And the thing that we've talked about is we we don't want to make Richie look dumb. Like we don't want to make him a joke. So even though he is funny and he has charm, he he has a point of view. He's a familiar guy. Like a lot of people know a guy like, and I think because he's so realized, 
it's such a pleasure to design for him, to costume design him as a character because everything is so, and I will say that across the board for the characters on the show completely, like everyone should feel so lived in and so, oh, I know who this person is. Like if I muted it, I could still gather what is going on in the storyline based on how they're dressed. And I, I really appreciate that about the show. And Chris, the showrunner, also is such a great collaborator. He always lets me do my thing and we'll come up with ideas. And he's like, oh, like, what can we add here? Like, what can we, what can we put in with like a little Easter egg? And so we'll play around with that, especially for like background behind the scenes. But it's incredible. Like even for Sydney, like Sydney loves, she's a mix. If we had our druthers, most of Sydney's stuff would be vintage, but we would need more than one a lot of times. So she, but she's a lot of small business. She's a lot of smaller brands, black owned brands. She'll do a high-end thing, but then she'll also do just thrift stuff. And actually, even when we, if we really like something, what I'll do is I'll buy it from the vintage shop and then I'll just eBay another one and I'll just like search for it. And then I'm like, okay, we can use this for a cooking scene because they cook so much and they're in the kitchen so much. We have to have at least two of each item when they're actively working in the kitchen, which pleases Io because a lot of the t-shirts, she's like, well, I want to wear this cooking. And I'm like, all right, I'll try. I think as well, like, say, like, uh, I, you, you did answer, uh, I, in my mind, I was thinking about the vintage question, because I said, what happens when you need to buy something else? Like, as, but you already answered that, you you would um, just eBay it, but then also cooking, because, like, I, I'm sure you've had that as well, as like, sometimes your clothes smell really, like, like cooking, but it's not cooking, but it's like the, like, yeah. grease of, like, whatever your oil that you're using. So that would be another way of, like, you would need to get doubles of stuff because it would be the case of like sometimes you just can't get that smell out and it's really bizarre I don't know why it must be something to do with oil or well, I don't know it must be something I'm sure somebody yeah. would answer that online probably has that uh, answer <laughs> for it we definitely do multiples of we try to do multiples of everything they have if we there's only one we'll use it for a scene that there's no cooking involved. It's a one-off. We're not shooting it consecutive days. So we don't have to turn it around for laundry. So that's what we do if it's, if they only have one of the, actually the only thing that still haunts me is my, I'm looking at it right now. So I'm playing, I'm playing it because it helps me remember Marcus's hat. There's only one of it's Lionel's hat. He, it's such a specific color. We cannot find this color hat anywhere. It's a Carhartt hat. We've talked to Carhartt. We they we have other Carhartt green hats. It's not the same green. He got it like a year before the pilot. And we're just like, we you bought the last hat in the world. Cannot find this hat. It's it it's haunting and it's something we'll still need to address in season in season three. We're like, well, we nothing can happen to this hat. <laughs> so it's like actually it's one of those things where it's like, it's like when you work on shows where like sides for those who don't know sides it's the uh, s- uh, script pages of the day that you're shooting 
they're usually like the most precious thing that could be on the set. But from the sounds like it, it sounds like this hat is the most precious thing now on, on set. And like, you guys must keep it in like some sort of enclosed box or something, fireproof box, and also like <laughs> nothing to destroy, not not necessarily destroy, but like anything to the, the elements to... Uh, keep it safe. We have to yeah, keep basically. that protected at all costs for that. <laughs> But so for the most part, if you go to any any other piece of his closet, um, even their shoes, they have multiple of the same shoes a lot of times. Um, especially um, they'll wear them in quickly. Um, sometimes like we'll give Jeremy and Io and whoever else is in the kitchen shoes to their Birkenstocks or whatever their kitchen shoe is to wear to break them in, and then they'll give it back to us and we'll give them a new pair to break in just so when they're on set, they'll already be a little bit more comfortable. So we'll do that. I mean, if you went to Carmi's closet, it's literally just half half white t-shirts. Um, but yeah, multiples, definitely a big deal. We have a really wonderful ager and dyer because a lot of times we change the color, we change the cut, we have great tailor. And the fact that they're really able to take something and we're like, love this let's change the buttons let's cut it let's color it and they can do that across three more multiples love them they're so talented you're giving us like a nice look behind the scenes of like the shoe wear that people would wear because we don't like as audience members you don't see people like scuttling around so technically like as an actor you could probably wear slippers on set uh whilst working and no one would know because it's so because uh, it's shot so like just like the mid mm -hmm. up of your face so uh, even having the Birkenstocks I don't own a pair but they look like the most comfy shoes ever people of leisure who are wearing them we we all end up at, at first I was a whole the last holdout I was like I'm not gonna get a pair of these and then over the summer I was like I'll get a pair of them <laughs> so I too now am a Birkenstock convert footwear is important I here's the thing the moment you don't pay attention to a detail of that costume, that is going to be the thing they focus on. That's gonna be the day when they pan down. That's gonna be the day of the wide shot. That's gonna be the day that they're like, oh yeah, let's get a close up of his ankle. And I'm like, oh no. So I am a stickler about everything down to this literal socks. Like I will, I, I send, whether it's myself, I'll buy the socks or our shopper but I'm very particular about style and brands and color and cut and fabric. And depending on what character it is, everyone has their own style of socks. One day by accident, Lionel got Edwin who plays Ibrahim socks and was like, I think this, he knew exactly who it was. He's like, I got Ibra socks. I was like, okay, sorry about that. Switched it out. But it, that's how specific the socks are. It's not just like everyone gets a white tube sock. I think, like again, like that's just the level of detail that you guys need to go through uh, just to find. Like as you said as well, they could, most most days no one's going to notice what socks or shoes people will be wearing. As you said, there'll be that one day if you're not ready for it, it's just going to like it'll collapse on itself and. You know, even shoes are important of like what people are going to be wearing and what they sort of like. Because I think, I think Io in season one is wearing a pair of Air Maxes. I think. Ah, uh, yeah. 
That's, yeah, I, I I wouldn't know which ones, as in like the I only know the Air Maxes. I wouldn't know what sort of model they are, but um, but even something like that, like kind of like says a lot about people because they're quite, I want to say quite trendy, but then also really comfy. That if you're on your feet, they're just like you, it feels like you're walking on like feathers because they're so light on your feet. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like they just they could say quite a lot about someone because sometimes there is certain Air Maxes that are quite uh, vibrant in the terms of like their colours and the design of it, whilst others are just sort of like, you could just get those sort of classic, classic pair of white ones or black ones or any any sort of colour and let them sort of blend into what people are wearing. Absolutely. I think with Io, she has more, her, for Sydney, she has... Um, a sense of play with her clothes. Um, she's more experimental. She's about layering and color and pattern and she'll mix everything together. Carmi is more of someone who, if he picks a t-shirt off the floor and he picks a pan off the floor, they're going to match perfectly because that's how uniform he is. Like he, like whether it's a sweater, whether it's something, everything has to go together. Everything is like very particular particular because he doesn't want to think about it really he just wants to know it looks good and go out the house with Marcus Marcus is a little bit more of a little bit more of a hype beast um he's not flashy or he's not flashy anymore I feel like if you look at season one and you look at the beginning of season two he wears a lot of graphic t-shirts um a lot of brands a lot of just logos graphics and as we got into the season and as he took the trip to Copenhagen uh he's still into to clothes but it's quieter he doesn't have to speak so loudly he's he's making um his he's letting his his work do the talking when he comes into the bear or in the beef and when he comes in to the restaurant in Copenhagen he's learning more how to express himself in another way and I think that's reflected in his clothing. The logo is getting a little bit smaller and uh, just a little less, a little, a little bit more intentional. Before he would just throw on whatever old shirt he was with, that he used to wear in the streets, and he goes, oh, "I don't wear this anymore. I can wear it to work." But now he's more intentionally showing up for work. I hope you've reflected that. I think it's like a reverse of like how he is as a person, right? Like. I guess if like the more the showy he is of like his brand, not necessarily brands, but like logos on a shirt or things that he's showing on his shirt, like sometimes I guess like you could probably see it as like a character flaw as like he's he's like you're very sort of open, but then also like reserved. So it's like you're more what's the word? Not not flash. Flash is not the word, but it's like the. I think he's more expressive, even though he was quieter. Like so, he was using it to. to express himself but now that he has his work he doesn't have to really do that anymore thank you you articulated so much so 100% better than I would have <laughs> that I was struggling to <laughs> thank you very well, much I've been, think- that point. I've been thinking about it a lot I've been thinking about it for like <laughs> two years um, <laughs> <laughs> I, but yeah I mean even Tina has changed Tina has gone from She's just going to wear whatever to work. Like, this is what she's going to wear. She's going to wear her skinny jeans and her, like, little T-shirts. And she'll throw on, like, her dirty kitchen shirt. It's not a big deal. 
But then as she's learned to appreciate the world and appreciate her work and showing up for work and how to show up for work, she, you know, taking cue from Sid. She's wearing collared shirts. She's buttoning herself up. You know, she still has hints of Tina in there. She's still Tina, but she, I think everyone has a, a journey this season, whether, I mean, even with, with Fast, with Sweets, with Ibra and trying to try out this new kitchen world, but then he, you know, his finding a place in the bear that he can still find his home, which was the beef. And so he gets, he's wearing the t-shirt at the end. And I think everyone, we tried to, to go on a journey with this season. And it was really fun to do, to step out of the kitchen and to go other places with it. I think as well, like you're mentioning, the because like the actor will go on a journey throughout the whole series about how they presented themselves. But I think as well, like you're kind of there in the side cart with them, pushing them along with what they're sort of deciding on and what they want to do. And there's also like the conversations that you guys would have regarding it all. And you mentioned other characters on top of that with uh, Ibra and Tina as well, who I think like Tina as well is like one that, as like a character moving on like grows a lot with confidence because whilst Ibra sort of sinks a little bit she swims uh, moving into that whole new role and understanding what's what whilst I think with Ibra he kind of I think he's still used to the old system and wanting mm-hmm. to go with the old way uh, with what they're doing but I guess as well like as a costume designer like there's a lot of like there's so much that you kind of incorporate in how a character's behaving and how what they're like. So, like I think a really good example of this is when we go to the fishes episode when you start getting uh, characters in a flashback of like how what they're wearing. So I think like with Michael, for example, played by John Barenthal, he's like in that really casual wear for for Christmas dinner. Uh, whilst others are quite dressed up. You've got Kami, who's come back from Europe, who's in a rugby polo shirt. You've got uh, Oliver Platt's character as well, who's dressed very smartly. Or you've got Bob uh, Odenkirk's character quite dressed smartly. And it's like, uh, as a costume designer, when you're in an area where you can have everybody sort of dress differently and not be the same, how do you go about designing that and making design choices for something like the flashback episode for Fishes? Well, overall, our cast, because it's such an ensemble, it's definitely playing Tetris a lot of times with the clothes because we're like, this person's in this color. Okay, let's change this. Oh, can't wear that one. They're in this. And it's definitely trying to find um, a nice rhythm, like a nice composition when you're doing that many people at the same time and they're all going to be in the scene together. Fishes was no different. It was a lot of fun to do. It was a lot of work, um, but it was it was such a great time. The guest stars were, were so game um, and talking about their character. And even we had to do characters for them and make them fully realize. We wanted to feel like you, you know, you just met these people, but we want you to feel like you know them and that you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's my cousin or like that's that's that I know that's my aunt and really feel comfortable around them and I think going about it was the same way I approach everything else had a conversation with the actors what who 
and talking about who they wanted their characters to be and my ideas and their ideas, you know, with Donna, uh, with Jamie Lee, so amazing. She, from moment one, we were on the same page on who Donna was, on where she shopped, how old her pieces were, how she dresses, what she was trying to say. And, you know, she, she even had pieces. She's like, I've, I've eBayed these pieces. I was like, I'm an eBay girl too. And where, where I was like, okay, let me find molt. And I found molts of something she did. And I brought my own pieces that I found. And we just, it, it was su such a beautiful experience to realize this character that is such a force, an unseen force in general. And then once you see her, you're like, oh, I understand who Carmi is. I understand who Sugar is, how, how they move through the world and through this woman. Um, who's a force of nature and the same thing with finding um michelle uh, cousin michelle sarah paulson's character with finding um oliver platt with bob odenkirk's character with looking at them and seeing like who they are through their clothes the story they're, they're telling and how they showed up for this dinner and how versus how Michael showed up who is he was like this under armor shirt like this shirt this this athletic shirt is the nicest thing that I am going to do today he I don't even think his mind is in it like he's like this is nice this is my nice t-shirt like this is while well, everyone else, he's I think it shows how he's how far he's pulling away or he's not even attached to the world and I think that him wearing that shirt, his jeans, sneaker, like he's like, this is, this is nice. Look at me. I'm nice. And everyone else is like, okay, sure. Go ahead. They let him do what he wants. In the nicest sense, when you have a, um, uh, a family that's quite volatile, you kind of let people be on what they want to do and what they want to wear. And you, it's quite fascinating to hear as well that like, the decisions that uh, somebody like Mike would wear, it's just like, yeah, this is my nice T-shirt. Come on, like, how can you not want me to wear my nice T-shirt? And then it's like, oh, okay, you just kind of allow it to happen and sort of go from there. But I still think it's quite the juxtaposition of how everybody is dressed and how everybody is like, especially during, like, Christmas time. I I'm not sure how you are with your family, but we kind of, we like the idea of trying to... Yeah. Yeah, you want to dress up a bit, little bit. You want to you wear a shirt. A you put a little effort in it. Like you, you put a, you put an effort to sit in the living room and in the dining room. You look nice. You come downstairs, you look nice. It doesn't matter if it's your house. It doesn't like it's, or you're going to someone else's house, sit in the living room. You still have to present yourself in a certain way. But also, I feel like that goes to show how Donna just lets Michael do whatever he wants. Because with anyone else, I feel like she'd look at Sugar and be like, "You're wearing that," or she'd look at Carmi and be like, "Okay, what are you? You're gonna put on something else? Or are you putting that? That's good." And I think it just the place that they're both in and how each character relates to each other in this world. I think in talking technically how we did it. So <laughs> everyone had two or three molts for this because we shot it over the course of a few days. And we, it was also something where 
I had to, me and my shopper and my ACD, look for molts for vintage clothing, look for molts for clothing that didn't, that like stopped existing really because we needed it to look, we have wonderful ager, a wonderful ager and dyer in a wonderful tailor, but we, and we needed to make sure that we weren't running them ragged. And even with our wardrobe department, having them wash a single set of clothing every day and resetting it every day. You just, there's not that many hours in a day. So we found multiples through the real, real, through eBay, through hunting it down in the shops, got that done with Donna. It was so funny. We had to match while she's cooking there's sauce getting everywhere in the scene and they're, you know, this is a really long take and she's getting and there's no time to like change or clean. This is just how she's going forward. And so by the end of the day, she has sauce everywhere. Sauce on her pants, on her shoes, on her blouse. And luckily they're shooting an order. So we didn't have to clean it. But we, what we had to do is carefully bag the sauce stained clothing, bring it to our age or dyer, who then took that set and took the multiple and matched it and matched it. So it wouldn't be sauce because you don't want, you don't want our actors sitting in sauce, the same sauce t-shirt for three days. You want to be able to give them a clean version. But what we did is she just completely matched it using food coloring and sandpaper and like little like I forgot what she used she used something to make the grit out of of like the sauce and it was so great looking she did a perfect job and uh, it was something that's like just happens on set it, it happens but you need to learn you need to be able to match it but luckily we we have a great team who's able to do that I think that's one thing that like as an audience member you don't really realize is the idea of breaking costumes down and making them feel lived in. And even though you're going for that vintage look and you're going for those things, items that have been worn in, but there's a there's just a certain way that needs to be shown on screen that they're worn in. Like the shirt might not be ironed, for example, because you know that the character is not going to have time to iron their T-shirts. Or it's like little details like that. Or as you said, like a food stain, for example, I know that you'll be you're shooting an order, but at that time where you're you'll need that particular blouse for a particular moment later on because there's a stain from that happened before where the the food would have flown off from like the um like blender for, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's those little details that people would forget and also would notice if they don't pop up later on. But I think that's also a very testament to yourself and your team that those are the things that you guys are constantly thinking about, constantly sort of making sure that you're on top of. But then also on top of that, like when you guys are vintage shopping, like I think it's great that you guys are reusing uh, items of clothing and giving it a second lease of life. However, it must be so stressful knowing that like, actually this could be the only shirt that we get of this. We really want to use it, but we have to be so delicate because this is the only version that we have please don't destroy it oh definitely it's that you really have to pick and choose when we're gonna use something like that where we're just like okay she can use it for this scene it's a one-off there's nothing around that 
can really happen. And if something like things do happen on set and that's what our costume were there for to with the tide pin, with the wet ones to go in and help it um, with the hair dryers if something gets wet. And that's why you said, you know, it's such a team effort to be, to get everything on screen for it to stay looking how it should look for the rest of the episode, whether there's a progression or where they're getting progressively dirty or whether they have to stay neat and tidy the whole time. Um, I mean, our customers do such a fantastic job. We, something like that. I mean, we really lucked out with the fact that they were, they happened to be shooting in order because sometimes they could have been like, all right. And then tomorrow we're going to shoot the scene that came before that, which would add a level of difficulty, um, which does happen, but we, we lucked out from, from that one, but we have had things where we're like, all right, and now we have to clean it. Again, it's very rare to shoot things in order. I, I can't. I don't think I've ever worked on anything that has shot in order and it's always like a big, I don't know, I just, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't think it ever happens. And once you do get that, to, to do it in that order, once you have that pleasure of doing it in order, it must be so really like minimize the stress for you guys as well. For sure. For sure. And they, yeah, it definitely is a, takes out a little bit of stress. They happen to do really long shots in this in this show. So there is sometimes a you don't get a chance to reset when you're like, oh, I hope you don't notice that. But for the most part, having the luxury at that time to shoot in order, because we usually don't actually, we, we're usually shooting about three or four episodes at the same time. But this episode was so special and so particular and we had a short amount of time to do it in a few days with all of these amazing actors so we got to do it in order and I was like yes just to sort of hit with my penultimate question I'm curious what was your favorite character to do the design for for that episode I would say over let's go with that episode but then also for the whole whole show um for the episode I'm going to say Cousin Michelle, Sarah Paulson's character, was fun to do. There were just all these little details. I mean, everyone. See, I hate, I cannot, I'm, it's, I'm terrible at this question because everyone has like these little things. Like I love, I, I love all of like the little details about a character of like why they're wearing something or why we put them in it. And it's so much fun and everyone is so different. I mean, from... Pete wearing his full Brooks Brothers look because of course he's going to be in like full Brooks Brothers and like for Donna and for, you know, oh, Carmi was fun though because we never really see Carmi in anything that's not a crew neck, a sweater or a t-shirt. Um, so it was fun to get him in the polo and to look into research what, what brand he would want to be wearing. It's a polo and palace collaboration and of course he would be wearing something a little bit more flashier because he's just moved and he's in a different place in his life and he's experimenting with his style and he's wearing these apc jeans which is like the gateway jean to loving jeans and just like these little things that you see how he ends up in the future you're like oh i get it uh where he came from overall ooh, that's a tough call of who i like dressing i mean this season, uh, 
there were so many. Um, I mean, Richie was great. Back was fun because we got to do a lot of different versions. Maddie's character, we got to do him wearing a suit. We got to do him in his regular work clothes. And I always love shopping for his vintage t-shirt. We have a great um, resource in New York City and Chicago to get all his tees from and really mess them up. And even if they're not new, we break them down. So oh, I'm so sorry. I, I just, I can't, I cannot kill my darlings. There are just too many of them. They're all fantastic. I know I'm forgetting characters. Like back and back, look at back and back during Fishes when they're wearing the matching thing and like the sweater tied over them, the brothers. It's, it's just, I don't know, it was a great time. I guess it's like picking your favorite child, right? You, you don't know which one to pick. You might have one one day. You might have another one a different day. Yeah. But then it's just like, oh, do you know what? I can't do this. I can't do it to myself. And then, like, also, you don't want to say it, like, confidently that you like one thing and then it turns out, oh, actually, I might like this thing. I don't know. This could be um, – I might have messed up on this one. I don't want to say that. And then somebody might, you know. If you yeah, ask I, me I, in an I hour – yeah. If you ask me in an hour, I'm going to be like, Marcus, obviously. Love dressing Marcus, especially for his Copenhagen at, at episode. Even Claire and her friend. I love dressing Claire and her friend. They were really fun to dress. So it's just ask me each hour. Just ask me a different person and I'll tell you it, who, someone else that I like to dress. I feel like you're setting me a challenge there to then email you every other day. Be like, who's your favorite again? <laughs> who's your favorite? Uh, who's this? What's going on with this? But I think even when you mentioned like Claire, for example, like, because it's like, hers is a very casual look or she'll be in scrubs but then when it's that last episode where they're all having the sit down of the uh the opening of the restaurant is like even you know she's dressed elegantly and like everybody's just really elegant elegantly and pretty and it's like it's not like christmas smart it's like this is a different kind of smart where you're going to have to make people people are going to turn up to 11 to make sure that they're in yeah. their perfect dress Definitely. And I, I mean, I love seeing Claire like that, but I also love just her because a lot of her clothes, you know, were a mix of the, sh of, you know, the regular shops, but also a lot of vintage, like were a lot of her jackets were vintage, her jeans. Uh, so it was a lot of fun to do play with that. We're always, it's always a mix of new and vintage or, and thrifted and just creating it. I mean, even with, I mean, sometimes we even have to build it. We have some great, we know some great tailors. Our tailor on the show, Austin, he makes Ebra's um, shirt. Some of them are star bought, but we kind of ran out of patterns to use. So we got him to make us a couple shirts from Ibrahim um, for, oh, he made Carmi's chef's shirt for the final two episodes. And it's such a beautiful shirt. I love that chef jacket so much, as well as the Tom Brown. But the, I, I do want to shout out Jeremy's chef jacket because it's it, it's it's really well made and it's really beautifully made. I think when you see the chef jacket get presented on the show as well, it's like one of those where you're just like, wow. One, it feels like somebody's being promoted, that they're getting this like pristine looking outfit. And it's like, you know, it's high quality, got the stitching of the um, initials and just you know, you're ready to put that on. That's like your cape for being Superman and getting through what needs to be done. 
that's like another thing where you just look at it and just I'm not really a chef, so I don't really know how chef whites work. So um but you know when you look at that you're like, wow, that's a bad like that's a bad ass looking chef yeah. white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know I said that was my penultimate question, but there's another one that's popped into my head. So hopefully we're good. <laughs> we've got time. Yeah. Okay. Good. There's also a number of cameos in the show. We've got Will Poulter in Honey June. We've got Olivia Olivia Coleman. Coleman yes. <laughs> and um, for when you get those characters who are in, well, I guess Will Poulter is not really a day player when it came to shooting, but Olivia Coleman was. But with Will Poulter, he's only in for one episode. How do you go about designing costumes for those people who it just in who pop into the show and then you don't see them again? Is it a case of just designing it without having someone in mind and then once they get uh, someone cast, it kind of just changes a little bit because of who the who the character who the actor is? For sure. Um, usually, well, you know, I read a script and you'll have something in the back of your head, but truly, casting really matters. Because you can have the best idea in the world and then you see this person, you're like, oh, they're never going to be able to like, you don't want the clothes to wear them. You don't want it to feel like a caricature of someone. You you want it to feel really natural, really like the, like, you want to mold it onto the actor. And luckily we had, we usually have some idea on who the characters are for Olivia's actually was really fun to dress too because we did have an idea of what we wanted her vibe to be, what we wanted her to look like. And we just make sure in the room, we can go in not just one direction that we can, we can switch and we can, we're able to be like, okay, let's try this this way. Let's let's, and we have like a big stock room if we needed to pull something else, but casting matters. Once we had that, it's, it's really, it's much easier to hone in on what you want to do and in talking to the actors and to getting their feedback also help in terms of what they can wear, what they don't, what they're not allowed to wear. If they're, we ask things like out fabric gallery, piercings, uh, tattoos. Uh, if they're going to have tattoos on the show, we talk to the makeup artist about it because that's like a sleeve roll. That's a you know, that's something that we can show off. And it's down to the accessories and we just make sure we have everything and that during the fitting, something might change. We might go in a different direction, but I will say the most important part is knowing who the actor is. If we can have a conversation with them, have a conversation with them, but it all comes together at the fitting. Okay. Cause I always think like you could always have something in mind. And then, as you said, like if somebody has a allergy or, in the uh, Will Poulter's case, he's going to have a lot of tattoos to show off. Might not be the right word, but he will see that, like, play a sort of big part of his character um, and how he looks. I know he's done an interview where he sort of explains certain them. For example, like the A is for his team Arsenal, or the nurse one is for to do with uh, nurses in his family, or uh, the fish and chips is like what he used to eat with his sort of dad as well. So it's kind of like having playing that meaning and what he's wearing as well and I think he has like his shirt slightly rolled up a little bit on the sleeve just to sort of show off them there as well um, yeah we make sure and we have a conversation with the with the makeup artist and with hair so we can all be on the same page sometimes we'll walk in and they just you don't me and Christina have this saying like <laughs> 
where if an actor walks out on something and they look so uncomfortable, like in a fitting, we call it dog in boots because it's like when you see a dog, like when you see them like pr- like a dog prancing in boots, they look so they're like, ah. and it's like, okay, you're uncomfortable. Let's skip it. Let's get it like, like let's get it out of here because we don't want that feeling. We want you to look at a character and they should be an actor should be totally at ease in what they're wearing. You know, we want them to feel good. We want them to feel confident. We want them to feel what they need to feel to go- get on camera. Uh, the costume is just part, another part of the character. If they don't feel comfortable, then it's not going to look good and vice versa and whatnot. So it's important to get them into the sort of right mindset as well. Just to wrap up the episode with my final question, what would you say is your signature dish to cook? Ooh, my signature dish to cook. You know, it changes. Right now I'm doing like, crispy like crispy smashed potatoes with like pistachios and greek yogurt on a bed of salad and that's really tasty right now oh do you know what that sounds delicious for one two i love i love potatoes mashed potatoes not really they're like low on the list but when they sound about it with the crispiness and pistachios well like the crispy you know, they, they could go up you take like a little, like a little potato and like you smash it and then like you put it in the oven and it gets so crispy. Oh, it's so good. I'm glad like the microphone can't pick up my tummy rumbling here <laughs> this, um, which is a good thing. Courtney, thank you so much for your time. FX is the bear is streaming in America on Hulu, England on Disney Plus. Uh, if you haven't seen it, sorry for spoiling it. If you have, I hope you enjoyed the insight that Courtney gave us. Thank you so much again for Courtney for your time. Thank you. You take care. Thank you again and bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast.